Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. Shana, the first chapter, page eighteen. So we learned yesterday that a a uh, once it's been decreed, an individual cannot cannot render the decree, cannot tear up the decree. So now the Gemara says because I did the second line in the page. Okay, the Gemara that in the Yochid, whether a person even after was decreed and signed and sealed, whether you can rip rip up the decree, Tanoi, it's an argument. Two people got sick. They're both equally sick. They both got COVID. They're both equally sick. Hmm. And, uh, and he says, Two people who were before the tribunal. Same, same case. Exact same case. One patient recovers, one patient doesn't recover. Then Nitzel was only Nitzel. One person is saved from capital punishment. The other one, the other one, they, they decreed he has to die. Why? Why? The exact same situation. The difference is there is Palal Venena. This one David and then Hashem answered. There is Palal Venena. And this one David and Hashem said no. Neman Nenazev, why did Hashem respond positively to this one and not to the other one? They both daven. <laughs> You're dying. There's no atheism foxhole. They're all daven. But one Hashem responded favorably, and one Hashem did not respond. So he says, hey, it's Then the one who davens wholeheartedly, Hashem responds. That's what Mayor explains. In other words, according to the Mayor, both of them are before the decree. It wasn't yet decreed in heaven. It was before the decree. Nevertheless, one Hashem responded favorably because he davened wholeheartedly, and one not because he didn't daven wholeheartedly. Rabbi says, no, they both davened wholeheartedly. Nevertheless, this one dies and this one doesn't die. You know why? Because Yes, they're both in bed, but this one, the one who Hashem responded to his prayer because it wasn't yet decreed in heaven. So we don't know when We don't know when Just because of the fact you're both lying in bed and you're both doesn't necessarily mean it was already signed and sealed. Maybe it's like between the Shoshana and Yom Kippur, it's hanging. Right. Yeah. So you can still do tshuva. You can still change it. It's not formed. Right. It's still. It's still not. You never know when. That's why you got to do it every day. It's still not. Uh, do tshuva. You can do tshuva and die also. But here we're talking about a tshuva that helps. A prayer that helps. That changes the decree. He says. Abulaza says. Once it's signed and sealed, the individual cannot can no longer render the decree. Tear up the decree. It's it's done. There's nothing you can do. Now, uh, Rabbi Meir says no Rabbi Meir says no Rabbi Meir doesn't make the distinction in other words, according to Rabbi Meir even an individual it could be Lacha Gmadin he says they're both equal in every, every way both here below and both above in heaven they're both decreed it was already signed and sealed and nevertheless if you daven wholeheartedly you still have the power to render the decree to tear up the decree it's always good to shout out to Hashem. It's always beneficial. Even after the decree. Oh, I'm sorry. Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak is the one who argues. Rabbi Meir says, I'm going to Rabbi Meir, we're talking about even before the Gazali. Rabbi Meir says, 
even if it's before the Gzar Din. The, but it depends if your prayer was wholehearted, your prayer was not wholehearted. Rabbi Loza says, no, before the Gzar Din, before the decree, after the decree. Rabbi Yitzhak says, no, that's not, that's, not, that's not what makes a difference. If you cry out, it will always help. So I guess Rabbi Yitzhak agrees with a mayor that why does one live, why not? Because one cried out wholeheartedly and one didn't. But it's even after that Gzar Din. Too late. Even after the Gzar Din, the no, it's, it's not too late. It's never too late. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, it's not too late. And that's the halach. What? Yafet Sa'akal Adam and Kedim Gzar Din, Ben Lacha Gzar Din. Right? That's what we learned earlier. We learned earlier on page 16. We learned earlier, the Gemara asked on page 16, why do we daven today? So according to Rabbi Yassi, he says you judge every day, it makes sense. But according to the rabbi, you say you judge in the Shoshana, it's already judged, you judge, it's done. So the Gemara says no, because according to Rabbi Yitzchak, you can always change the decree. It's never too late. Even after it was signed and sealed in Yom Kippur, and even after it was sealed, you can still change. So it's a difference in argument. And that's the Allah. Yeah. No, you have forever. But the, uh, the criteria. Here he mentions prayer. Prayer is the, you pray wholeheartedly. That's the power of prayer. Power. Cha- prayer can change. You can change your destiny. That's the power of prayer. That's why we pray. Not we don't like how Hashem is running His world. You don't have confidence Hashem is running His world. No. But Hashem gave us the power to change our destiny. And Hashem wants us to pray. The whole purpose of creation is that we should change. Change the world, change ourselves, and change destiny. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to change Him also, to change everything. He changes the world, change ourselves, change Hashem, change His mind, so to speak. So that's the power of prayer. It's never, never too late, even if it's already decreed. So you might ask, because I didn't the mikra, but you're so certain that everyone holds that if it's a communal, a communal decree, if that the community has the power to rip up the decree, what And it says in one pasuk, it says kafsi It says in Jeremiah, wash out. You from your heart, wash out the evil from your heart. And it says also in Jeremiah um, that even if you were to wash with soap, your iniquity remains a stain before me, so it doesn't help. In other words, once it's done, it's done. You can't undo it. Even to the community, and he's addressing himself to the community, the congregation. So he might answer, it's the only way to explain it. When does he say you can wash away, you can wash away your sins, the evil from your heart? It's before it was decreed. Once it's decreed, it's set in stone. Then, then, then you'll always have a stain. The stain will remain. The stain will remain. So this contradicts Rabbi Yitzchak. How would Rabbi Yitzchak explain these two verses? The says, wrong. Both of them are talking about after the Gzardin. Yet it's not a contradiction. There is a Gzardin, a decree that comes with an oath. A decree that comes with an oath. Page 18a1. A decree that comes with an oath on the right side, the last paragraph. 
uh, 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 decree, a decree that comes with an oath, then, then Hashem, then the stain remains. That you can't undo. That if it's accompanied by an oath, that it's not ripped, the ripped up. Hashem said, I swore to the household of Eli. If their sins could be atoned through sacrifice, Hashem swore that he's not going to accept the truth, and the base Eli was forever banished from leading the, the, uh, the Kohen. The Pasik says, Hashem swore, what was Hashem's oath? That he's not going to appease, he's not going to be appeased by the house of Eli through a sacrifice. But there is another method where Hashem will be appeased, through Torah. Torah is the power, by studying Torah, Hashem forgives you. Even on the worst sins. It says regarding the, uh, it says in the introduction to Medrash Eichel that, that the, the, the reason why the temple was destroyed was not because they worshipped idols and idol- committed adultery and idolatry and, and, and uh, murder. The reason was because they didn't study Torah. Because even if they sinned with all the cardinal sins, had they studied Torah, Hashem would have forgiven them. They stopped studying Torah, they stopped coming to the Kailo, they stopped learning Torah, Hashem said, that's it. So that's the power of Torah. Had the family of Eli studied Torah, Hashem would have forgiven even for the even for this sin. Wait a second. His sons were says, won't atone for the sins, but they will be atoned through Torah combined with kindness. And the Gemara concludes. Rabba and Abaya, some say Rabba. Rabba and Abaya, the base Eli Kasu. They both Kainan. Wow, they came from the house of Eli. Hmm. Really? Were they both Kainan? Yeah, so Rabba, the Asik Batera, Yachayar Boyan Shnin. Rabba, who learned Taira, therefore he, he lived till 40 years. So the curse, with the curse, he lived longer than he would have otherwise without the curse. Abaya, the Asik Batera, Gemilz Chasadim, Abaya did both. He was Torah and kindness. Sixty years. You see the power of Torah. That's why Abayah says, together Torah and then Hashem will forgive them for the sins. Tana Rabbanu the rabbis learn. Oh, one second. Torah says it has to be Rabba because Abayah was a koyim, but Rabba was clearly not a koyim, as it says in Chul. So here we're talking about Rabba, Rabba, the friend of Rabbi So Rabba was a koyim. Jesus points out, Rabbi also did Gemilus Hasadim, also did kindness, but nevertheless, that wasn't a specialty. Abaya was like a genius in kindness, it was like at a different level, the same level of his learning, which was like one <laughs> Abaya. So, so too, his, his kindness was also on a different level. Of course, everyone, every Jew has to do kindness, and Rabbi also did kindness, but not on the level of Abaya. Abaya's kindness was off the charts. He also lived up until 60 years old. He was on a higher level than Rabbah when it came to kindness. 
Tom the Rabbana, the rabbis learn It was a family in Jerusalem. They died at 18, they all died young. They came and told them, this is a strange thing. All the children, all the, all the, the, the dying young, what's going on? Maybe you have descendants of the family of Eli. The Chsibbeit says in the curse of Marbis Besecha Yamusu that all your household will die. So therefore you're cursed. The family is cursed. All those raised in your household will die. So what should you do? What's the answer? So he gave him advice. Learn Torah. Come engage yourself in Torah and you will live. They live. They call him the family of Rabbi Eichonon. Because the fact they were alive was only because of his merit. They really should have died a long time ago because of his advice. They took his advice to heart and therefore they called him the family of Rabbi Eichonon. Even though they weren't a biological family. Okay. How do we know that the decree against the congregation is not sealed? Maxibit says in the party, you just quoted the verse from Jeremiah, the stain of your sin will remain, always remain before me. Ella. What he means to say is, even though it was, it was a seal, Nikra, you can tear it up, tear up the decree. It says in, in Deuteronomy, that who is like Hashem, that whenever we call him, he's close to us. It says, on the other hand, it says elsewhere in the Pasuk, in Isaiah, search Hashem when he's found. So here we say, whenever we call him, Hashem responds. In the Chumash it says, Hashem calls him and responds. And in the Prophet it says, Hashem is only, fa- only search Hashem when he's found, not always. So the answer is, When an individual calls Hashem, then you have to call it an auspicious time. Not every time is auspicious. But when the congregation calls, every time is good. Hashem always responds to the congregation. Hashem is always present. Hashem always responds. So that's what he means, that the congregation has the power to rip it up. That's in the Pasuk, that your, your sin will remain. Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah says, your sin will remain a stain. He means to say it's been sealed. It's a permanent stain until you appeal Hashem, until until you daven. But when the community davens, you have the power to to rip it up. When when is the time? He says, search Hashem when he's found. An auspicious time. When is that time? Ten days. Between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. <laughs> How many days are there between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? Seven. What does he say? The ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Here it means between. It doesn't mean between. In between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. It means between both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. All together you have ten days. Because you have the ten days of Truva. That's a common denominator of all ten days. But then Rosh Hashanah has its own unique thing. Blowing the shofar. 
Yom Kippur is its own unique thing. The, 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 the holiest day, the day, the day, the day of forgiveness. But then you have Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and the ten days, all the days in between, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur between all of them, it's ten days of trouble. So he says that the power of a congregation all year round, every individual has that power in the ten days of trouble. Right. It's just like a congregation. You're, you're talking to Hashem and Hashem listens. So every individual on the, during the ten days, you have that same power. Hashem responds to your prayer. How much more so when you're davening with a minion the, the, during the ten days? You have the congregation. You have, yeah. What about Ella? We blow the show. Mother says, "By he kaseres a young man, by he gave Hashem his novel. Novel refused. He refused to help King David. King David was protecting them, and he asked for some food for him and his men. And novel was such a stingy cheapskate. He was a billionaire, such stingy cheapskate, and, and and ungrateful. David saved saved his, saved his life from 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 the marauders, and yet he wouldn't even part with him. He wouldn't even feed them. So it says that he became very. So his wife realized that David is going to take revenge. Abigail, so she went and she appeased David, and David ended up marrying her, but, um, and, and she, she brought, when Novel heard that his wife gave such a generous gift to David and his men, he became sick, <laughs> he was stricken, he became physically ill, and he was in bed for 10 days, and then he died. He, he inflicted pain on him for 10 days, he was, and then he died. Why, why 10 days? Why was he punished for 10 days? He was like suffering for 10 days. This was the payback because why, did he, why, did, why was he spared for 10 days? Right. Now, why didn't he die right away? So he says... He, did, he gave them one meal. He wasn't generous, but he gave them something. Even this he didn't want to give them. But, but it was a custom. When a guest comes, he gave them something. So therefore, since he gave each of the ten men a spoonful of something sweet or something, so in consideration, Hashem delayed it for ten days. It was the ten days between the Shani and Kippur. So his judgment was hanging. Hashem gave him time, ten days to repent. But of course he couldn't repent. He couldn't forget that his wife gave such generous tzedakah. Abigail. She gave such, such, such generous, she was one of the most beautiful women that ever lived. That his wife, that he gave such, was so generous with his possessions, with David and his men. He couldn't bring himself to do truth. Okay, and he died. Okay, but Rachel, she said in the mission of Rachel, called the name of And Rachel, Shana, every, all the people in the world pass by before Hashem, keep the name of What's the name of the mother? The mother said, My keep the name of the mother. The mother said, keep the name of the they, they're like sheep, like lambs. Ishlakajam, but Ishlakaj says, Ishlakaj, who's from Israel, says, Gemalas be mother. No, in Babylonia they translated they mutter and they mutter like lambs that pass. They when they count when they count the lambs to tie them they're let out one at a time. 
so a small door, it's only one can go out at a time, one, one animal at a time. They can't go, two can't can go out together. So every one passes individually. Hashem judges every one of us individually. Shlokish in the land from Israel says, Mile is based Like the people climbing the elevated pass of Mudrid. He says, no, there was a road with a very steep drop on both sides. So the road was so narrow, two people couldn't walk, each one at a time. Like a narrow, narrow trail. So one at a time. So it was like walking on a narrow trail, and it was steep. So you have to be careful. You have to walk on the trail. So one at a time. Like the soldiers of the house of David. Modern means like the master, the authority. So also the David would David soldiers would go single file, would march into war single file. Each one would walk single file. Why? Why well, you're not marching, right? I guess okay. So they would count. Maybe to show each one is counted. In other words, you 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 have strength in numbers, but each one is an individual. Each one is counted as an individual. Each one has to has to own, take responsibility. Imagine a business where everyone in the business feels feels like the owner or an entrepreneur takes responsibility. Imagine how the business would soar. You're not just a, a Kai, just a nobody. You are, you know, you're an individual. You're a world. No. Yeah. That thing about it continues. But Hashem looks at them all and one, he examines them all in one glance. Even though everyone is counted individually, but nevertheless, Hashem does it all simultaneously. You know, it, it defies our imagination, but it's just like the human body. You know, we think linearly, we think in terms of sequentially, one at a time, one following the other. That's what we call in Hasidic Seder Stalshulis. Everything is one number, one digit at a time, one number at a time. There's a cause and an effect, and then another, that becomes a cause and next effect. It's orderly, it's, it's. But then you have, how does the human body work? The human body, trillions of things that happen simultaneously. <laughs> one split second, you know. That's why they're working on the, on the, on the computer, DNA computer. We have simultaneously. You can have a zillion of things happening simultaneously. The body works in a different dimension. So Hashem, this whole world, you know, you can think. How many things could you think about one one time? <laughs> a genius, a genius could probably carry in his mind five hundred things. You know, thinking about five hundred things. Hashem is thinking about the whole world simultaneously. There are zillions of things happening at this moment. Hashem is thinking each individually. And by Hashem, that's what it means. Everything is divine providence. By Hashem, there's no, no such thing as unintended consequence. Everything down to the most exquisite detail is for you. And you can't say, well, there's no choice because this has to happen. This has to By Hashem, there's no such thing. So simultaneously, there's trillions of things happening. And Hashem is each individual. Each one is so exquisite. Yeah, you become an awe of Hashem, right? It's a whole different, uh, it's a whole different level. So that's a Rishon Shana. We all pass before Him. The whole world is being judged, each one individually, and yet it's all in one split second. <laughs>
Chassidus is called Adam Kadman. That's like the, the level of Adam Kadman, where everything is unified, everything is one. There's no past, present, future. Everything is one, and everything is simultaneously. It's all different. The, the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts. It's a whole different, a whole different Kadman. Uh, it's a whole different level. We also learn, it says in the Pasuk, it says in Tehillim, chapter 33, Hashem creates the hearts together and He understands all their deeds. So even though He creates all together, and nevertheless, Hashem examines each one, each individual deed. Hashem is aware of each particular, each specific deed. So you must say, my karma, what does this verse mean? If it means, Hashem created everyone and united their hearts together, that everyone should think alike. It's not true. We see that there are no two people alike. This is what the Pasuk means. This is what it means. Hashem sees everyone together. Hashem sees Hashem. Hashem sees everyone together and yet he's looking at everyone specifically, each individual action, each individual person and each individual action and it's all simultaneous. Go figure that. Go figure that. That's Hashem. <laughs> Next mission. The six months that they would send, the Jewish Supreme Court would send emissaries, aid. To, 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 to let everyone know when they decided it was Rish Chaydish. They didn't have a fixed calendar. Every month it was decided anew which day is Rish Chaydish, whether it's going to be a 29-day month and the next day will be day number one of the following month or it's going to be a 30-day month and then comes day number one. So people had no idea what the Bezin decided. There was no phones, there was no, there was no telegram. They, so, so they had to send the emissaries to let people know it was decided. Only six months they would send, because six months it was relevant for people to know. People had to know what was decided. The other months it wasn't important to know. Eventually they'll find out. And he says, which month? Nisan, they have to send out emissaries. Everyone has to know when is Pesach. Pesach is the 15th of Nisan. They have to know which day is the first day of Nisan. Al Av, on Av they would send out, and they have tainus. People have to know when do you fast? When is the 9th of Av? So they have to send emissaries, agents. There's a question whether this also was in the times of the temple. Did they fast in the times of the temple? They fast Tisha in the times of the temple? Does it make sense? You're fasting and there's a temple, a second temple? first temple was destroyed in Tisha B'Av, but why fast when there's a temple? But the, the, the sanctification... No, no it's, it's, a, it's a question. Why, what's the point? why are you fasting the destruction of a temple when you have a temple? Right? But, but the, for, for another few hundred years after the destruction of the second temple, they still, the Jewish Supreme Court, till Hillel, Hillel the Amaira, the great, great descendant of the original Hillel, they they um, they um, they used to they made they decided the Jewish Supreme Court in Israel decided when is Rishaydish. So for a few hundred years, even after the destruction, they had to let people know in different communities throughout Israel and wherever they could reach when is Rishaydish of. So you know when is Tishba when when the fast when you have to fast because you're obligated to fast. The prophets, one of the fast days of the prophets, you have to abide the fast. Al Elul, they would send out the emissaries, because, because you have to know when to make Rishashana. 
They couldn't know when actually Rosh Hashanah is because Rosh Hashanah is Rosh Chodesh. So they, and it was Yamtif, so you can't even travel. No one knew when is Rosh Hashanah. Even in Jerusalem, they didn't even know when is Rosh Hashanah until the witnesses came. But, but nevertheless, they had to know when is Elul because they would... So what would people do? People living outside of Israel. Because they would follow the majority. Majority of years, Elul would only be a 29-day month. So as long as you know when Rosh Chodesh Elul is, then you can plan accordingly that after the 29th day, the next day we'll call Rosh Hashanah, we'll celebrate it like, like as if it's Rosh Hashanah. What does that mean? So they have to know when is El. Al Tishrei, Al Tishrei. So it comes out according to this that in the times of the temple, in Jerusalem, many times they kept two days Yom. But outside of outside of Jerusalem, they only kept one day Yom. Right, it's a little strange. Tarashi learns very strange. In Jerusalem, they kept two days Yom many times. Anywhere outside Jerusalem only kept one day Yom because you follow the majority. The Torah says in general, I'm in doubt, follow the majority. Majority of the years, it's possible that the Besan will make it a 30-day month and Rosh Hashanah will be the 31st day. That will be the first day of the next month. But I don't know. No way of knowing. So we follow the majority. So they were justified to keep one day Rosh Hashanah. Taifus argues, no. Does it make sense that they kept the two days in Jerusalem? And, and, and the, rest, the, rest, the rest of the country, the rest of Israel, everyone else kept one day. But nevertheless, they still had to know when is Rosh Chodesh Elul. Because you have to know, you have to keep two days. You have to keep the 30th day and the next day. So if you have to know when is Elul, to know when to start keeping the two days. And so, so we have so far Nisan, we have Av, and we have Elul. Al Tishrei, of course, Tishrei. You have to send out, not to help you for Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah was too late, but to know when is, when is Yom Kippur, when you fast, when is Sukkot, so that's the fourth month. Al Kislev, the fifth month is Kislev, you have no Chanukah, you have no when to celebrate Chanukah, the 25th day of Kislev, you have to celebrate light the Chanukah candles. Val Adar, and the sixth month is Adam, you have no know when to celebrate Purim, the 14th, the 14th of Adam. And this is when there is no temple. There was a temple, Yates, now Alaf They would also go out in the month of Iyar because of the second Pesach. Hmm. To know when is the second Pesach. He says, and yes, yeah, so you have to know if you have to bring the second Pesach, if you miss the first Pesach, so you have to know. You have to know when is uh, the 14th of, uh, of Iyar. So then they would go out. Okay, so the question is. Does it mean that, that, that that's a substitute for Av because you didn't have to fast then? Is it a substitute for Av? Or then they would also go out six times? Or in the times of Besamekos, they went out seven times? You can say the mission is saying you only go out six times. That's true at all times. In the times of the temple, when the temple was destroyed, he lists the six times. These are the six times. When the temple existed, the second temple, take out Av, because there was no fasting. The temple is here. What's the point of fasting? And substitute it for the month of Iyer. Yeah. And we don't say they OCs to go out and eat. They went out and eat, and that's a substitute for of.
go out on Sivan to know when Shavuos is, Barry, we have to know when to celebrate Shavuos. Why don't they send out messengers to let them know when it's Shavuos? Because, because Shavuos has nothing to do, it's not a fixed day in the calendar. Shavuos is the 50th day. After you count 49 days, it's the 50th day. And it could be different time, it could be different dates. It could be on the 5th of Sivan. Some years it was on the 6th of Sivan, like it is for us today. Some years it was on the 7th of Sivan. Okay. Mother says that's the mission. Zok the elegant mother Leifkin Amia Tammuz with Tavis Hishro also send emissaries, agents, and Tammuz. The month of Tammuz, the month of Tavis. It's hard to memorize the rules. Because you fast, you have to fast on Tammuz, you have to fast on Tevis, just like you have to fast on Tishabov. You also have the fast of Asara Betevis, 10th day of Tevis, and you have the fast day of the 17th day of Tammuz. It says in Zechariah, so said the Master of Legions, Hashem said, the fast of the fourth month. The fast of the fifth month. The in the fast of the seventh month. The in the fast of the tenth month. The will come. All these four fast days will be transformed into days of rejoicing. So he refers to it as fast days, and then he refers to it as days of rejoicing. So this is what we're learning now. Ari is saying, Chagetz Chari Malachi, they prophesied at the beginning of the second temple. So they said, these fast days will now, and now days of celebration, because now the temple is rebuilt, so there's no longer any need to fast. Right? There's no longer need any to fast. Now they're going to become festivals. So the Gemara points out, it should have said that 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 you fasted, you fasted on these days will now be the will now turn into joy. In other words, it should have said that it was in the past. Instead, the verse says as if the fast are now. It doesn't say the fast that you used to fast on the fourth month. It's referring to the month of month of Tammuz. This is referring to Tammuz, the seventeenth day of Tammuz, and then the fast of the seventh. That's Tzom uh, Gedalia, and the fast of the fifth. That, 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 that's that's the fifth month is Avis Tishaba. The seventh is Tzom Gedalia. The tenth is Tevis, the tenth month of the year in the Jewish calendar. And that's the tenth day of Tevis. When they see Jerusalem, he should have said the fast that you fasted in the past. After the destruction of the first temple, the 70 years between the first temple and the second temple, now the temple's rebuilt. Now they, they can be days of rejoicing. It doesn't say that. He says these are days of fasting. They're, they're present now. So therefore the Gemara explains, How is that possible? When there's peace, the temple is standing, then there are days of joy that happen. In Shalom, when there is no peace, the temple is destroyed. So, in other words, they didn't completely take back these fast days, cancel these fast days. They say, we're going to put it temporarily on hold. Now that there's a temple, now will be a day of rejoicing. If God forbid one day the temple is destroyed, there's no peace, then we go back to fast. Okay, see, the
all of the limbs that you burn because they knew that the reason that led to the first temple the sin that that didn't come to an end so it was temporarily they they got a reprieve we got a temple for 420 years but eventually they knew it was also going to be destroyed that's what they said we're keeping the fast we're not rescinding the fast we're keeping it they knew this is what the Pasuk says when there's peace and these these former fast days will be will be for joy and happiness but this is a decree a government decree against the Jews so then they're obligated to fast just like they did in the past but what if there's no decree, but there's no peace either? No, there's no temple. The temple is destroyed, but there's no persecution. We're living, we're living in comfort. We're living in comfort. You're living in America, you're living in comfort. There's no decree, there's no pogroms against you. But there's no peace, because no, there's no temple. So then, then it's an optional. Then fasting is optional. That's what he says. That's the criteria. Now, Papa argues and he says that that's the criteria. And that's the halacha, by the way. If there's, you have to have both. When they're obligated to fast, if there's no peace, there's no temple, and you're living under a harsh regime, terrible decree, terrible regime under Dr. Fauci, etc. But if, but if you're living in peace and. And if you're living, you're not living in peace. There's no temple, but there's no decree. Then it's optional. You want to fast, fast. You want to rejoice, rejoice. If that's the case, he must say. Oh, so therefore, he's saying that's his answer. In other words, so therefore, that's why the mission. That's why they wouldn't send. They wouldn't send agents because. No, the times of the Mishnah, people weren't fasting. Some communities fasted, some communities didn't fast. So they, they didn't feel the urgency of sending out agents. Yeah, the other. So therefore, they didn't feel the the urgency of sending out agents. Hmm. So the the best didn't didn't, didn't bother. But in the times, the, the question the Gimbada asked, because by the time the Amirayim, everyone fasted. They said, why didn't you send out for the other months? Just like you send out for Tishuba. So he answered, because in the times of the Tanoyim, it wasn't, in the times right after the destruction of the temple, it wasn't so widespread to fast. It was optional. Hmm. I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't live under the decree, I understand, under the Roman, under the Roman... Uh, Right. Today, by the way, today once the community started fasting, it's not optional anymore. Yeah. In other words, once the fast become accepted, the whole nation took it upon themselves. It's no longer optional. Even in America today, you have to fast. This is original. Originally, all these fasts were the same. All the stringencies of Tishabov apply to all the fasts. It was a 24-hour fast, and you couldn't bathe, you know, like, like Tisha B'Av. Mm-hmm. But, but since it became optional, once the temple was destroyed and it became optional, 
So even though they took it upon themselves to fast, they, they optionally they, they, they removed all the other, other, they only kept it for Tisha B'Av, all these other stringencies. They were lenient with the other fast. The second. Second. Right. After the destruction of the first temple, all these fasts were like Tisha B'Av. But after the destruction right. of the second temple, when they, they started fasting again, since the whole fast is optional, you don't have to fast. Therefore, they didn't take upon themselves the stringencies of Tisha B'Av. The other three fasts, they fast without all the stringencies of Tisha B'Av. So you might ask, if that's the case, Yachit Tisha B'Av Nami, so why did the Mishnah list Tisha B'Av? If they didn't fast the other three fasts, then they didn't fast in Tisha B'Av either. Why did they have to send out, why did the Bezin bother to send out agents, emissaries, to let people know when is Rosh Chodesh off? I mean, a proper shiny Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is different. It's mm-hmm. is, is a category for itself. So many Tzadahs happened on Tisha B'Av. The Master said, Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av, two, two, five terrible things happened on Tisha B'Av. Number one, the first temple was destroyed and the second temple on the same day. Right. And, and Beta, and the revolt, like 60, 70 years after the destruction, the revolt of Bar Kokhba, which was very successful in the beginning, was finally put down. Beta was the last stronghold and was destroyed also on Tishba. The revolt was put down and came to an end on Tishba. And they destroyed, they, they plowed the city of Jerusalem. They made it uninhabitable. Four things, my master, my teacher, would, would expound, and I would not, I do not expound like it. When it says in the Pasik and Zechariah, the fast of the fourth month, the Tespatam, the ninth day of Tam, that was the day. At the city, the, the city was split open. They 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 broke they uh, broke into the city. They breached the city. On the ninth of the month of Tammuz, and the hunger strengthened. And there was no bread. And the, and the city was uh, was uh, breached. My Why is it called the fourth? The fourth month, Tammuz, Nisan, Ir, Sivan, Tammuz. So, Machamishi, the fifth, the Faz, the Tisha B'Av, that's the ninth of Av, Shabbat Nisan, Basilicano, the house of God was burnt down to the ground. Amai Kodalei Chamisha, why is it called Chamisha? Chamisha Lechadashim, it happened the month of Av, the fifth month in the Jewish calendar. The seventh, the fast of the seventh month is the Gimel of Tishrei, that's the third day of Tishrei, Shabbat Nere Gedalia Ben Achikam. Right after the Shoshanah, Gedalia was murdered. Umi Hargo, who murdered him, Yishma ben Asanya, his nephew. Hargo, the lamb of the teachers. Shashkola misasen shal sadikim kisreif is basically keno. And the Torah juxtaposes. In other words, we're fasting for the destruction of the temple, and we're fasting when Gedalia was murdered, because the murder of a tzaddik is equivalent of the burning of the temple. When a tzaddik dies, passes away, it's like a destruction. Why is it called Because it happened in the seventh month in the Jewish calendar, Tisha. That refers to the fast day of the tenth of Tavish. That the king of Babel, Babylonia, Nebuchadnezzar, lay siege to Jerusalem. But he uses the Lush and Summer. Summer means support. Interesting. Everything in the Torah is precise. Because the Rebbe points out, really, 
he was doing the Jewish people a favor by quarantining the Jews. They were living together under siege. It was an opportunity for them to unify. Had they used the opportunity of being quarantined to unify, that would have canceled the reason for exile. When Jews are unified, no one could touch them. So Hashem was really helping them, trying to make sure that it should never come to the exiles, never come to a destruction. He gave them the cure before the illness. Samach, he supported them, helped them, but they didn't get the message. Instead, they quarreled. Then it says, It says in Cheskel, in Ezekiel, the word of Hashem came to me in the ninth year, the tenth month, in the tenth day of the, the tenth month, the tenth day of the month. Asada Betavis, ten ten. Write down the essence of this day. The king of Babel lay siege in Jerusalem. My a city, a city. Why is it called the tenth? A city like a dozen, the tenth month. Tavis is the tenth month. When they say son of man, who are they referring to? But not them. Hashem was referring. Hashem was speaking to uh, Ezekiel. Hashem is referring to Ezekiel, son of man. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the prophet, son of man. Write, write down this prophet. Write down what I'm telling you to do. Hashem told him what to write down, to record for all generations. That should have been the first fast. Look at the sequence. First you lay siege. Then you breach. Then you destroy. And then Gedalia was murdered after the destruction. The remnant. Because he's going by following the order of the months. He says the fourth month, the fifth month, the seventh month, and the tenth month. Not by the sequence of events. That's how Rabbi Kiva learned. Why? Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Mechai is telling us. That's how Rabbi Kiva expounded the verse. Why? Why would they... Uh, the months. We follow the, the month. Because it's so holy. Because which, which fast day comes first in our year, in our calendar? This is the fast day that comes first. Rabbi Shimon Mechai says about himself, I disagree with my Rabbi. I expounded the verse differently. The fast of the tenth that refers to the fifth day of Tevis. That when the uh, they got the news that the city was destroyed. And then, but it says it says in Ezekiel on the twelfth year and the tenth month the fifth day of the month the the refugee came from Jerusalem to tell us the city was destroyed and we fasted we made the day like we heard like the day when it actually burnt down. They got the news, they got the news, wow, they got the news so much later, it was destroyed on Tisha B'Av. and they got the news, they got the news five months later, it took them five months for the refugee to escape and to let them know that Jerusalem was destroyed. Oh, maybe it wasn't the temple, it was just Jerusalem, Jerusalem was destroyed. Nail, mail. It took five months. They needed a refugee to escape and to let them know. In other words, it wasn't. There was no newspapers then. They didn't announce it. So it took them five months to learn that the temple was destroyed. Now, what it means is, Michal Schinuch says, "How is it possible? What do you mean? They're arguing about a fact. When you? When is the fast day?" Rabbi Shimon says the fast day is the fifth day of Tevis, and Rabbi Kiva says the fast day is the tenth day of Tevis. We all fast on the tenth day of Tevis. 
But he says, originally the prophet says you have to fast one day in the month to commemorate. But he had an option, which day of the month you can fast. Shabbat Kibbeh says we fast on the 10th day to commemorate the day that he lay siege. And Rabbi Shemir Choy says, no, we commemorate, we fast on the 5th day of Tevis to commemorate the day that they found out, in Babylonia they found out that the temple was destroyed. And what I'm saying makes more sense than Rabbi Kiva. According to me, what happened first is first. First comes the fast of the fourth month. Rabbi Shimon is explaining why he's disagreeing with his Rebbe. For fourth month is first they breach into the city. Then comes Tishabav, they destroy the temple. Then the remnants, and Gedalia was the leader, and they murdered Gedalia. And then only afterwards, in the month of Tevis, they find out that they hear the temple was destroyed. So it's not only is going by the, by the sequence of the months, uh-huh. it's going by the sequence of events. But my coin to Kiva is following the sequence of months. But I'm saying he's following the sequence of what happened of, 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 the, of, the, of the punishments. It we learn the Rav, Rav Hanin Amri, Betela, Megillah's Tainas. The Megillah of Tainas was a Megillah all the days, he's not allowed to fast. All the days that that, that uh, things, events happened to the Jewish people, positive things happened to the Jewish people, you're not allowed to fast on these days. It was called Megillah's Tainas, the Megillah of the scroll of fast, the scroll of the list of days when you're not allowed to fast. It was a minor festival, miraculous events happened, and you're not allowed to fast. And some of them, you know, would even offer a eulogy. So we have an argument. According to Rabbi Rabbi Hanin, once the temple is destroyed, these festivals, we don't, we don't keep by these festivals. So therefore there's no prohibition to fast on these days. Are you allowed to fast and eulogize on these days? Rabbi Shomu Levi disagree. No, Megillus Tainus was not, we still follow you still celebrate these days and you're not allowed to fast in these days. This is what they say. When there's peace, then the fast days will turn into joyful days. But if there's no peace, then you have to fast. So in the time, they, they were festivals in the times of the Beis Amigdash when there was peace. But now there's no peace. Now there's no peace. There's no. There's no. There's no festivals. So also Kihani. So all the days listed in the are the same thing. So there used to be a festival, but after the destruction, they were canceled. Only these four fast days, because the pasuk is the verse. Uh, say it's dependent if there's a temple or not. But the others has nothing to do with the temple. Even after the destruction of the temple, they still remain minor, uh, minor fest- festivities and, and still still considered a festive day. And not allowed to fast, and some of them not allowed to eulogize. It's not it's not connected to the temple. These four fasts are connected to the temple. But the, yeah, but the, the other days, these festivals, these days of rejoicing, have nothing to do with the temple. Right. Ash is removing it, yeah. It's a lot of stuff, a lot of move.
Master Rav Kana, Rav Kana asked, we learned, we learned the Brais and Maitza with other titles of Hanukkah Belud. They once decreed a fast day during Hanukkah in the city of Lud. We are Rabbi Lezah went down to a bathhouse and bathed. Rabbi Yeshua went to a barber and he had his hair cut. You have to fast for the. How dare you fast on Hanukkah? You're not allowed to fast on Hanukkah. Rabbi Yeshua lived after the destruction of the temple. And yet, they held that Hanukkah is still in effect, even though the temple is destroyed. Hanukkah is one of the fasts listed in Megillah's Tainus. And Hanukkah, you would think, is associated with the temple. The whole miracle of Hanukkah has happened in the temple. That's shiny Hanukkah. Hanukkah is different. According to everyone. Even according to Rav and Rabbi Hanina, that all the other fe- uh, f- minor festive days are listed in the, Megillah, in the scroll of Tainus are abrogated, but Hanukkah remains. Why? Take a mitzvah, because there's a mitzvah to light the Hanukkah candle. So therefore, we still celebrate the day and not allowed to fast on that. Don't fast and, and, and don't, don't do the mitzvah. Just like all the other festive days listed in the scroll of fast were, at, were, were canceled at the end of, after the destruction of the temple. Cancel Hanukkah also. Especially Hanukkah is dependent on the temple. We're commemorating the temple, the miracle that happened in the temple. So if we're no longer celebrating, cancel the, the holiday of Hanukkah. Don't do the mitzvah and don't, and, and don't celebrate it. Therefore, you should be allowed to fast. Because it was a publicized miracle. It became publicized through its observance. So therefore, since all the other minor festive days, it wasn't known. We don't even know about them. He never learned the Megillah, you wouldn't even know about them. They weren't really fully accepted. But here, everyone, because of the mitzvah, everyone celebrated it, especially the Hanukkah girl. So, they, <laughs> so that once it becomes publicized, you don't want to cancel it. You can't cancel it. We learn the We learn the The third day of So the, the mention of Hashem's name was removed from Shtaris, from secular documents. And which is a holiday. You don't mention Hashem's name in vain. The Greek decreed that the name of heaven is not to be mentioned in their mouth. And when the Hashem defeated the Greeks, they tried to cancel Hashem. They shouldn't even mention Hashem's name to erase Hashem's, men, Hashem's name from our lips. So when the Hashem in the time of Hanukkah, when they defeated the Greeks, they brought back Hashem's name with a vengeance. Even in secular documents, you have to mention Hashem's name. This is what they used to write. In the year of so and so, to Yechonah was the king Godel to the to Hashem. When the rabbis heard this, they said, "The next day he's going to pay up his documents. He's going to give him back his documents. He's going to throw his drawer out of the garbage." So Hashem's name is going to be thrown in the garbage. You have to be careful. It's not going to put, you have to put in Hashem's name as Shemus. You have to treat it reverently. 
Ubitlum and they cancelled it. I say, yeah, Masu Yamtiv and they made it into a Yamtiv. So what do we see from there? If you're gonna say that the whole Megillus Tainus is cancelled, if the first one were ready cancelled, so would they add even more? I mean, it was after the Chorban. So they made a, they canceled all the other holidays, they made a new, a new holiday. The mother says, How come I skin much because I'm No, when did they make it a holiday in times of the Besam Migdash? And then they canceled it. And, and, and then it was canceled immediately. It doesn't say they waited until after the Bishop. This was canceled immediately. And the, no, this was listed in the Megillah's Tightness. So the Megillah's Tightness was listed only holidays were made during the Temple. Holidays that happened during the Temple. But after the temple, Rabbi Rabbi Hanin say the whole thing was cancelled. Hmm. We'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful.